0: We are about to pour out our second brew, which I don't know about you guys. I have been anxiously looking forward to. So if you'll hand me your glasses, this is going to be the chocolate peanut butter porter.
1: Peanut butter cup of coffee porter. Sorry, almost got that wrong.
0: Once again, I don't get anything for uh, telling you about this, but you could and all <laughs> this.
1: Oh I can smell it already. Come waving over this oh, way. Oh man. It's it's uh it's a porter Mike. Uh, I, can okay. I can handle it. I can handle
2: it. I I really,
0: really enjoy this one. There's a reason why we kept this one for last.
2: I might have had I've had a couple um at uh Hilarities
0: downtown,
2: I think I had something similar
0: to this. I think this is cool. our
1: third iteration of this. What's that? this is the third time we've had this as a group oh yeah yeah it's
0: that good so this once again it's it's as dark as guinness which i love
2: oh my gosh just smelling this thing
0: (laughs) (sighs) it it smells i'll tell you what (laughs) i'm grinning right now yeah (laughs) (laughs) it smells like a
2: chocolate uh peanut butter cup dipped in coffee Mm -hmm. yeah i would bathe in this <laughs> <laughs> not in front of you guys. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> oh my lord, that is so good.
2: There's. I'm just gonna smell it for a couple minutes. I'm not even gonna drink it yet. <laughs> Too late. I already dead. Oh, it's it's heaven in a glass. This stuff.
0: It's so rich. I mean, it's it's like actually drinking your snack.
2: Yeah. It is very rich. It's, you almost don't want to swallow it because
0: you're not done with the flavor. You know right, what I mean? Right,
1: right, right. swirl it around yeah. a little bit. Oh, there's coffee. Oh, there's chocolate. Oh, there's peanut butter. It's better than the Reese's Cup. Right? Oh, if they
0: made this as a Reese's Cup, I wouldn't be able to work during the daytime. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Man, that is so good. And
0: it's just the right of head to it. It doesn't get too foamy, you know? It's delectable.
2: And it's consistent all the way down. This isn't the first time I've had this bad boy. Yeah. It's it's pretty consistent.
0: This is definitely one of my favorite porter slash stouts. It's...
2: Yeah. Willoughby, we are proud of you.
0: (laughs) We're we're so proud of you.
3: Willoughby, you're my hero.
1: Right.
2: (laughs) We are hugging the microphones right now.
1: Well, Calvin, what do you think? Man. It's your first time, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah.
2: This is your
0: first time.
3: Remember we were in Pennsylvania at that that opening of the school? Yes. This is what it reminds me of. uh, This is a little heavier, though. This is a little heavier than It that is. is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And this one's not mixed. This is actually how this one, because they, they mixed the other one for us.
3: Right, 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 right.
0: This one, this is how it's made. Okay. And this yeah. this isn't seasonal, right? No, no. This is year round. This is actually the only beer that Willoughby exports. So everything else you have to go to Willoughby to buy. This is the only
2: one that they export. So, like Ooh. Town Hall? Right. Uh, can you buy it in the stores anywhere? I haven't I seen haven't it in seen stores it, yeah, yet I mean, no. but they do explore it to restaurants
0: um, this is actually the oh, Town Hall is how I found out about this place yeah yeah me too yeah <laughs> for, you, for you guys who don't know Kelvin actually went with me uh, and helped me conduct a whole seminar out in Pennsylvania at the opening of a school
2: oh really yeah a martial arts school yeah
0: nice I think he was desperate for help <laughs> uh, we heard about he's, you Kelvin we know you guys Yeah, he's, he's, he's far better than he lets on <laughs> 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 all right Let's start diving into Excellent the choice. second half of this. Oh, it's all Steve. Steve brought it for us. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> thank you, thank Steve.
1: You. Next, Next you. round's on one of you, somebody else. <laughs> Deal. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've gone two for two already. So you I have. Did, you have. I did well at, uh, at Fat Heads, and now I did well at Willoughby. Of course, I knew I was going to do well at Willoughby, but Right? Yeah. <laughs> 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 It'll be interesting to see the others that have come, because we are very fortunate to be in an area where so true. We have a lot of really cool restaurants and microbreweries here that just make a really do a great job crafting excellent product. Craftsman. To be honest
3: with you, I, I wasn't familiar with Growlers. That's the name of the container. Yeah, yeah I wasn't familiar with it. Oh, all.
1: by the way, we can reuse that. These are, these are great Growlers, by the way. Oh, man, look at that. Solid glass. And you bring it back, and they'll refill it, and it's cheaper.
3: Oh, ho, ho, ho. really?
1: Yeah. Good to know.
3: Go. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Always good.
0: You're always good. <laughs> All right. Let's enter into the second half of the discussion. Now, I will say this: some people do make a historic case for millennialism, millenarianism. So yeah, they're both killism. right. Uh, oh, millenarianism <laughs> is, uh, is is thousand in Greek. But um, it, it, it references the thought of the millennium. So um, Origen and Justin Martyr both had different thoughts about the millennium. So that would be the opening discussion of where they try, people try to build a historicity for that. Um, now, they never, they never taught it as um, church doctrine. These were thoughts they held... And I don't know as much about Origin, but even Justin Martyr made reference to in one of his materials. Justin, Origin did a little bit, but Origin had a lot of ideas. Uh, don't get me wrong, I love Origin, because the guy, he was a great thinker. I love what, I love going through Origin stuff, but so much of it's heretical. Um, <laughs> Some <laughs> um, of the best reads right oh there. Oh my lord, it's great. You could build a whole sci-fi series off of half his stuff. Um <laughs> <laughs> Origin, just if you never if you never had a chance to sit down and read Origin, just just do it. Um, but Justin Martyr was actually really good. He was he was a very good apologist, and um, as was as was Origin. Origin was a great teacher. He really was. He helped to propel the faith forward. No no doubt about it. Just let's just say though, he will never be sainted. So,
1: <laughs> so let me ask questions. we since you're bringing back to a. Um... Where the, the origins of this goes back to probably one of the times during one of the councils that we studied last session actually it does it, I mean it does It does. but was that subject of this brought up during those councils? yes
0: uh, so um, I was actually going to say this in a couple of frames forward but I'll go ahead and say it now um, <laughs> um, yes actually Achillesm was brought up Inside the Council of uh, Second Council, which would be what? Constantinople, I believe, Um, which would have been in 381. So, and it was cast out as a heresy. Um, And that actually is because they sat down after prayer and fasting and they went over the scriptures, as we will do here shortly, um, to see if there was a validation for that. And after going through all the notes, they found out there wasn't. And so it was cast out as a heresy. Um, and, and I'll say this too, the church historically has never taught that there is a rapture or a millennium or all any of this stuff. Um, until the 1800s. Until the 1800s. It was always cast out as a heresy. Um, even just modern origin never taught it as church doctrine because they knew it was not church doctrine um it was basically they a theory. they kept it to themselves
1: a so, theory that they had
0: themselves right and, and many church doctors throughout the centuries had their own ideas that they did never that they, they just never taught as church doctrine because you can have your own thoughts and be part of the church and be recognized as a good person in the church and if you even have your own sainthood everything else
3: it doesn't mean that all of what you teach is correct what transpired to make them take that step to want to push that it was brought forward to them at one of the councils okay uh in uh
0: like i said in in, uh, 381 so um but i'll bring this up and we're going to go over three counter arguments to kellyism and the three i picked is one by the catholic church one by the Lutheran Church and one by the Orthodox Church. I chose those three because they represent the three thoughts of the Church. You have Catholicism, you have Luther, Lutheran. L- Luther really represents the Reformation and everything else that has come out since then. So I sum it up under Lutheranism. Um, and then Orthodoxy. So Probably the
1: three oldest churches known
0: to They this. are. Yeah, and, and it's kind of funny because if you think about it... Um, Really, Luther Luther was the the young guy on the block.
3: <laughs> I thought he was he was, uh, Martin Luther didn't he branch off the
1: Catholicism. Yes, yes he did. Disagreement that they had.
0: Yes, and that's how uh, that's how the Reformation got uh, its start. Okay, and that's where we when got, he nailed
1: the theses on the door. Right,
0: that's where you okay. got Lutheranism from, and right. then all the other branches of the church since then. Okay, so, um, but here inside. Uh, The Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 676, follows a discussion of the Church's ultimate trial. Quote The Antichrist deception already begins to take shape in the world every time the claim is made to realize within history that messianic hope which can only be realized beyond history through the eschatological judgment. The Church has rejected even modified forms of the falsification of the kingdom to come under the name of millenarianism, especially the intrinsically perverse political form of a secular messianism, unquote. So in other words, they expressly reject the idea of a millennial reign, at, at, right at the point where they would actually call somebody out as anathema. They would excommunicate them if they actually would proceed to teach that.
1: Mm. Oh now you kicked the can open.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I mean it's it, it was it was it was that bad at one point. So uh Lutheranism, uh, Luther said the answer to your question why well, this is not Luther this is actually uh one of their writings of the uh Lutheran church. Uh, the answer to your question depends on what you mean by quote-unquote the rapture the english word rapture is derived from the latin translation of the verb caught up lutherans certainly believe what paul teaches in this passage namely that those who are still living on earth when christ returns visibly on the last day will be caught up together with the dead in christ to meet the lord in the air some christians teach however that the rapture will take place not on the last day, but in connection with an invisible coming of Christ occurring before a seven-year period of tribulation on earth, allowing Christians to escape this tribulation and then later return to earth for a literal 1,000-year reign of Christ. Lutherans do not believe that these teachings are based on a proper understanding of Scripture. Scripture teaches that all Christians will endure varying degrees of tribulation until the last day, that Christ will return only once, visibly, to catch up all believers, living and dead, into heaven, and that all believers will reign forever with him in heaven. Lutherans understand the 1,000 years of Revelation 20:11 11-15 to be a figurative reference to Christ to reign here and now in the hearts and lives of believers, which will culminate in our reigning with Christ forever in heaven following his return on the last day. So, I mean, even that right there, that's that's Reformation thinking, and even they reject it. So you can see there's two branches right there, and finally, in Orthodoxy, the Divine Fathers of the Church indicated in their writings that the 1,000-year reign referenced, uh, referred to in the book of Revelation signifies an infinite number of years, i.e., a kingdom that shall have no end. This we know well, since from Holy Scripture it is clear that the kingdom of Christ is not of this world. In Holy Scripture it is clearly indicated that the kingdom of heaven is also the kingdom of God or kingdom of Christ, insomuch as both St. John the Forerunner and Christ himself called it so. This kingdom of Christ will be spiritual and will reign over the internal world of man, while externally being revealed in the righteousness, peace, and peace and joy of the holy spirit christ himself established this kingdom and explained in his parables how it will appear who will include and what power it will possess his reign will not endure for a thousand years but eternally its inhabitants will include all faithful christians from all the peoples of the world it will reign over all creation and it will be a kingdom of righteousness it will be a kingdom made up of souls souls that have already entered and lived within in
1: this present life i think that puts it succinctly and there's that daniel 7 passage right there that causes that is misinterpreted many times right
0: i mean i mean there's all three branches of the church right there um i think
2: beautifully put in that last one yeah the orthodox view seems so practical to me (laughs) right and that feels good actually my family has lutheran roots <laughs> yeah, it, it just it's coherent to me yeah
0: i mean jesus said that the kingdom would be in you right yeah where two or more are gathered together because we are sacred space over and over again jesus refers to us as
2: being the temple that kingdom come that will be done on earth as it is in heaven Which is why the nicene creed it says that he will come again
0: and his kingdom will have no end and his beer (laughs) is (laughs) good so uh, yeah it's it's beautifully put more or less according to the most ancient churches in history um christ is reigning from the inside out the kingdom from within within us is then exhibited through us to the world making us the lights to the world on a hill that Jesus talked about it actually f- fulfills all the parables that he told that we were supposed to be if the kingdom is within us being exhibited through us
2: so the question i have shoot for anyone who may be lutheran or evangelical or catholic you know if my view of of this uh, ideology, or you're kind of rude. What about
3: Pentecostals? <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't
2: I haven't had enough beer yet. <laughs> okay, all right,
1: go ahead. Uh, you forgot the Presbyterians. How does your, um,
2: how does the idea of salvation fit into this? So, if Lutherans think this, if they think if they if they're totally on board with uh, pre-trib rapture, okay. Or whatever, pick one of the many variations. Um I personally feel that we should all be like Jesus you know post trib pre wrath. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> are we talking about a matter of salvation for them, or is it just a matter of? No, I mean your thinking is a little misguided, but your heart's in the right place. So where do we go with that? I, I guess
0: as far as their salvation goes, I I think that that uh, Jesus made it very plain. If you believe in him and call upon his name, then you're good. You're you're saved. That starts your, that starts your journey with him. Yeah. So as far as salvation goes, I don't think it's a salvation matter. Okay. Um. I believe it can lead to a salvation matter, because I have literally met a ton of people who will question your salvation if you're not pre trip. Oh yeah. Yeah. So. so I think, which is
1: why I didn't bring up evangelical. <laughs> <laughs> or even uh, if you don't use certain gifts. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> Evidence of speaking in tongues. I've had that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I've had many confrontations with that. Right. Yeah. And uh, I, I've i had, yeah, I've been bashed on the head pretty hard by some. Oh, my gosh. Me too, man. People and, uh, um. I won't get into it because.
3: Well, is a difference in beliefs, or some has been conditioned differently than others. Well,
1: right.
0: I mean, once again, if you are, if you are adding to what Christ said, salvation is—that's a problem. I mean, I've, I've literally had Pentecostals tell me, "Well, we know that you're saved once you speak in tongues." If you don't speak in tongues, obviously you're not saved. That's a problem. I mean, that's just, that's, that is not what Christ said. He said to call upon his name and believe in him, and then to follow what he said to do. Which is where you get into your Matthew 25, right? You know, do these things that
1: I told you to do. Mm -hmm. But even Ephesians 2, you're not saved from yourself or by your works. You're not saved by works. But. but speaking in tongues is it works? Well, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, we'll these, these, these oh. other well-meaning people. When uh, you know, I in one of my couple previous careers ago, uh, I had to work Sundays, and I was in the restaurant business. And Sunday more Sundays around church time, we got busy, and they all heard out of their churches and they're gonna they're gonna go save us unsaved people who work in restaurants on Sundays and uh the, and then when they come in and they start preaching to me and and I say, "Well, I am a believer. well you work on Sunday therefore you're not a believer." And I says, "No, that's not true." and so they said, well you're you're sinning." And they're just saying, well, you're a sinner. It's like, well, yes, I am a sinner, but not because I work on Sunday, because (laughs) I have to work. Because the reason why I have to work is because people like you come into my restaurant and patronize (laughs) us. (laughs) If you didn't come here, my company would close. (laughs) Therefore, you're causing me to stumble. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly (laughs) what my whole whole idea of it. Well, that just. Sent them sailing you are my. I'm sorry, I, I really I mean well meaning and well intended I understand it but it was like and it was just the same thing well you don't do certain things therefore you are not because and, and again it's this people like I said with the best of intentions and niceties and all these things but I really believe people put God in such a small little box that even God can't work through that, and I serve a God who created everything, who spoke, and everything was given order and order and in and in substantive value. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and and he, for me to to put him in this itty little box to say, well, this is what he's all about. And if you don't meet these qualifications, these criteria, therefore you are not. And my Lord died on a cross for everyone. The most heinous criminal, the most heinous person in history, Living today, and, and the people regard as scumbags or whatever else we want to call them, you know, but he died for them. For all sin, not just my little sins or my big sins, but for all sin. Right. And all we have to do is call upon his name, and we get to take joy in that kingdom. And it doesn't mean that we're perfect at that point, but that's where that wrestling goes in. Well, that's where you start your journey. That's where the journey begins. But That brings us
0: into, like I said, um, I, I believe that the Bible... Amen, Steve. <laughs> um, the Bible is, is full of rhetorical devices. Um, just like we have now. We have hyperbole and everything else, right? So... Um, the Bible is full of rhetorical devices, and this is where Justin Martyr and uh, Origen, you know, they were corrected. And people were like, "Well, there's there's a thousand year reign," and they were able to easily dismiss that. Here's how it happens. So Jesus will reign for how many years? Forever. Well, okay, but millennial thing. Okay. Well. Uh- a thousand years. Alright. So but can anybody else name a passage in the Bible where a thousand is used? So if we if we jump through there real quick, you'll find that the term a thousand or one thousand is always used without fail, always used as a rhetorical Device, it just means a big number. That's all it means. Symbolic. Exactly. I mean, throughout the entire Bible, I've pulled. I have. I actually have. I have a couple listed right here in front of all of us. But um, I actually have a a large list of where thousand is, and there is a. It's used quite a few times. But every single time it's used as a rhetorical device. It's never used to mean one thousand. For a few examples, uh, Job nine three, If you will content, contend with him, he cannot answer him of a thousand. Psalms 50 and 10. For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. And I wish you'd give me a few. Now, I'll stop right there. <laughs> yeah, I'll stop right there. If we're being literal about this, does that mean once we get to the 1001 hill, God doesn't own it? Because, obviously, God only has 1,000 hills.
1: Point mm. taken. All right? It just means a lot of hills. All right? Well, then we, we're putting limitations upon God, and he has no limitations. Right. Ecclesiastes
0: 728. One man among a thousand have I found, but a woman among all those I have not. Do we really think that he counted 1,000 men, and then he said, "Up, oh, that, that this one's 1,001? No, it's a rhetorical device, and Ecclesiastes is, is poetry. All right, so we know. Song of Solomon, 4 4. the odds
1: of finding a good wife is finding a, a woman among a thousand? <laughs> <laughs> uh, We've been pretty successful here. We're gonna <laughs> Song
2: of Solomon, 4 4. All the guys are staying quiet, Steve. Where they're <laughs> having a thousand
0: bucklers, all shields of mighty men. Is he literally saying, I have 1,000? No, no. He's saying there's a lot of shields. Daniel 5, 1. Belshazzar, the king, made a great feast to a thousand's lords and drank wine before the thousand. It was a lot, okay? Yeah. And you know how we know it wasn't a thousand? There wasn't a thousand kingdoms back then, (laughs) okay? There literally was not a thousand kingdoms where he lived. So it just means a lot, a big number. If, if, If it was today, they'd be using a million. Because that's what we do now, right? I, I have, can't lift right, that. That's, like, good that's like a million pounds. Very good point. So it's literally a rhetorical device.
1: Or like being a billionaire. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. that yeah. mean, you only have one very billion dollars. <laughs> 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 so now here's where we start getting into where it's interesting, um, and this is actually off of my blog, um, <laughs> but I'm quoting. I'm actually quoting a couple different things here. Um, So, as you can see, it was the spread of the Schofield Reference Bible and the Charismatic Movement, the two go hand in hand, that created the doctrine of the rapture. Why is this dangerous doctrine? Because it creates false hope. As persecution increases throughout the world, and Christianity begins, I'm sorry, being the worst persecuted among the world's religions, it is going to cause a great falling away more than likely contributing to that which was spoken by our Lord uh, as father John Peck has said in the last 100 years alone over 100 million Christians died for their faith think about that 100 million that is a big number that's bigger than a thousand in the first century of the church <laughs> yeah
1: in just the last hundred years last hundred years just now, and actually, that number uh, is uh, was both of that was probably within the last ten years. Well, it's a little more than that. I mean, a little more. Than that, you had yeah.
0: over sixty million in the Bolshevik Revolution but, but alone. I, I think what's
1: mm-hmm. what what is a very interesting statement with that is that if uh, because of the persecution, actually the church is actually growing. It, it Russia is a, a good example of that. The whole country is, you know, full of,
0: of Orthodox Christians now.
1: But even in Islamic,
2: um, from the top, from the top down,
0: right? Exactly. Yeah. To um, going on, over ninety nine percent of them were Orthodox Christian martyrs who chose death over convenience. To think that we will be miraculously spared their tribulations and temptations is, frankly, a slap in the face of every man, woman, and child to endure to the end and we're obedient unto death." And it, it really does. I mean, think about that. If if we're saying, you know, well, that's okay. Christians won't have to go through persecution. What kind of, that, that's a, a bad false hope. I, I mean, think think about that. over a hundred million Christians in the last year, in the last 100 years alone. I mean, people are like, oh well, yeah, but there's gonna be a great tribulation. That wasn't a great tribulation. I mean, you know, in, in, yeah, as birth pains increase, I'm sure it will get worse, right? But at the same time, we can't say, we can't build this false hope that, oh, well, we'll be spared. It doesn't work like that. I mean, the Bible and history have, tossed it, have taught us otherwise. You know, in the Bible, if you go back to what the Bible says, look at John 17:15. Uh, I do not ask that you take them out of the world but that you keep them from the evil one. Ooh, hold on. Let me repeat that. This is Jesus praying. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. That you do not take them out of the world. That kind of foregoes a rapture. Uh, John sixteen thirty three. In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Matthew 5.10, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Nowhere does Jesus say, hey, by the way, that tribulation's coming? Hey, don't worry
1: about it. <laughs> but this, that passage in Matthew talking about blessed are those that are persecuted, the kingdom of heaven is yours. Of the um, Beatitudes, which is where it comes from, mm-hmm. That is the only one, the only thing that, if it happens to you, that has that blessing. Yes. All the others are, you know, those who, you know, peacemakers and things like that. They're different blessings, but none of them inherit the kingdom of heaven, but this is the only one where you do inherit the kingdom of heaven if you are persecuted. Yeah, And not just like shunned by the media like we are here in this country. You know right. that's really not persecution. That's just called people like their sin, and they are justifying their sin. Right. And we we as Christians kind of show that out of them, and that's how they react to it, to that. But I'm we when you're talking areas of the world right now where just even you mention the word Christian, your heads off. Agreed.
0: And I mean that's once again we're building false hope. I mean, there's Christians dying daily for what they believe in. Absolutely. And why are, why are we over here, specifically in America, um, why are we going to be saved through a rapture? I mean, is it because we're just American?
1: <laughs> it, it, but, but actually, if you, if Quote you unquote, speak God the nation. to those who live in those persecuted nations, which I have a very close friend that does, and, um, rapture doesn't even come up for good reason. And, 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 uh, and, 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 not only for that reason, but, but they, they embrace their, their persecution that they go through. And I, I have a very close friend who is in a, um, uh, an area of the world, which is, he is probably the only Christian in his city, literally. And, um, And you speak to him, and just from his viewpoint, and it's just all he wants to do is just to share his faith with those who who are against him. Right. He loves them, and it was an area that there were very Islamic and uh, very Al Qaeda. Right. And uh, there are certain people who were in his area who had bounties on their head from our country. Right. And he knew they were there and could've turned them in and reaped that bounty. But he refused because all he wanted to do was share Christ with them. Well, the the gospel is really what matters.
0: The right. gospel is what we're called to preach. The gospel is what we're called to you know usher forward to the world. You know. And that's going into that, by the way, that brings us into
3: this next page. If I could add something on that, oh, please I just say a- he makes a statement, I do not ask that you take them out of the world. Uh-huh. I feel that's also the point that we all have to go through as far as your um your sacrifice, your 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 uh your involvement, your 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 commitment. You know, how committed are you? Um if you are taken out, then you're not tested. Yeah. Not tried. You're not tried, exactly. Character isn't built. <laughs> Good point.
0: Well, I mean, we do have to be careful of um, measuring people with with the same measuring stick. You know, the mm-hmm. Bible does say God will not give you more than you can handle, and maybe that's the thing. You know, people have different thresholds, and I, I could see, I could see, not every scenario would be the same. So, um, a different. Type of tribulation, if you will. Oh, okay. Well, maybe, right. uh, well, maybe
1: that's why some people die young.
0: Well, if, there, if there's a pampered people, I'm sure it's over here.
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we're, <laughs> we're, we're. I mean, really, as a nation, we're lazy. We're we're self-centered. We you just, know, what? I mean, it's a lot of things. My coworker, my
0: coworker, he uh, he's from Serbia, and uh, and they don't have they don't have chairs or pews in their churches. You stand up. And, uh, and I said, man, does anybody get tired? And he's like, oh, not over there. He said, no, 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 no. He said, they're a fit over there. He's like, you know, he's like, they're not like over here. You know, they they don't have the big bellies. and They're not soft. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, case in bad. point, when,
1: when we did the Easter service at the Orthodox Church uh-huh. last year, how much sitting did we do compared to standing? Well, that's true. That's true, yeah. I'd say 80% of that service we stood. Yeah, definitely. It was a long service. It was a great service. I (laughs) loved that service. It
0: was
2: was a
1: great service.
2: Yeah. You know, Mike, to your point about us having a different type of tribulation, I could almost understand that because we didn't have a choice but to be born here. Mm. It's true. I mean, I I had no choice or say so where I was going to be born. So to grow up in this system... I really ask myself these days, am I any better off or any worse off than a, than a Christian in the Middle East who professes their faith? In a way, I feel like I'm so much more lost and, and uh, persecuted because I'm, I've been indoctrinated to want my own persecution. Oh, man. I crave my own persecution. Oh, man. You're, you're, you're... I, I need to upgrade to my next persecution. I need more money. I need, you know, so in a way, I I see what you're saying and I agree with it. It's almost unfair to say that I'm not sure if it, for me, it almost doesn't feel fair to say that, oh, we don't know what persecution is as much as they do because they have a knife to their head. But on the other hand, over here, uh, ours slowly, incrementally leads to somebody being a drug addict. Seduction. Yeah, right. Absolutely right. And destroying families and, and, and it being cyclical.
1: And well, we yeah. we have to deal with strongholds here that just kind of grab a hold of us and and just take our total focus away because then we become so self so, self so sufficient exactly that yeah. we're not we don't need God.
2: I could see some right. Christians over there in the Middle East saying, "Oh,
1: I'm not going to America." Well, no actually, order. they do. They have to pay
2: for their education.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, exactly. But uh, but that is actually the the thought process. They would not want to, They don't want to come here. Yeah. 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 And, and even to think that, you know, like I always think a lot of times, what if I was born in another country? Yeah, yeah. I may not have had the opportunity to have the Christian faith. Exactly. Because I might have been born in an Islamic family or a, a Buddhist family or, or, or another religion or some other type of thing where I wouldn't know anything about Christianity.
2: That's true. Yeah, I always get tripped out when my, my kids talk about... Uh... Some of the kids that they know in their school who are, who, uh, I don't know any other word to say it, are just more privileged than even our family. And they go on these missionary trips (laughs) to help the less fortunate, to show them, you know, what good a democratic Christian looks like. And, you know, I just, I try to tell my kids, you know, I I, I know we go over there sometimes with good intentions. I don't always know the reasons why we do go. But I often wonder if the people we think we're trying to save are doing so much more for us right. than we could ever right. do for them.
3: Very yes. good point.
2: Yeah.
1: Very good. And and actually, in in reality, is um, the full time missionary that's over in those other countries who's sweating at the brow, who's who's really got very little fruit, you know, in their thing. That when that does happen, when they come to help the poor, and you know, whatever yeah. they're doing with their best of intentions, like I said. But sometimes they do more damage than uh and then the poor person that's left there has to mop it all up and clean it up. Well they yeah.
0: they saw that even in the Catholic Church. I mean I mean look you had the uh, you had the Jesuits and they would come in, and they would force you to convert. Absolutely. Right?
1: Or um, or off with your head.
0: Right here in America. Right here in America, uh the first by the way, the first missionaries to America was the Orthodox Church. Um and Yes, in Alaska. That's um, right, yeah. And they came over and they were through love and compassion they were converting people over and they were very impressed by the love and the giving of of them because they would give them education they would it would give them uh medical treatment they would so they came over here and they were very beneficial to them well there was uh there was actually uh a couple traveling uh converted a couple of converted natives traveling back across Alaska and they bumped into some Jesuits, and the Jesuits said, We well, have to be Christians. They said, No, we are Christian. They actually ended up imprisoning them and torturing one of them to death in order to try to convert them. And they would have to- they would have tortured all of them to death, except they were called away by their cardinal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so right. You know, but then in the Catholic Church, you also have the Franciscans. And the Franciscans are, are very uh, uh, outgoing, but they, they gravitate to people in their culture and minister to them in their culture. And they're low-key, and they try to reach people through taking care of them. Mm-hmm. So just like the Orthodox did, they'll go in and they'll give them medical treatment. They'll educate them. They'll provide for them. You know so that's even in the catholic church you've got the jesuits and you've got the franciscans
2: two very different approaches exactly. with the same church yeah. one of my favorite authors is a franciscan richard Rohr. yeah he's of that mindset exactly it's it's a beautiful thing yeah. it's really hard to place any judgment on them
0: yeah yeah the know. franciscans are so they're just beautiful people beautiful yeah. people but that takes us into our topic of uh, as early as 1916, Schofield claimed that Israel must be reestablished before Uh-oh. the end times could begin. Uh-oh, we got Ooh, more beer? That's where that came from, <laughs> okay. Beer. <Yep. laughs> that's 1916. That's 1916. That's that's before 1948. Um the emergence of wow. Israel as a nation state in 1948 was taken as a fulfillment of this promise and proof that premillennial dispensationalism was a valid interpretation. The Israel victory, Israeli victory in 1967, according to End Times author Hal Lindsey, marks the beginning of the final generation of man on earth. The Israeli displacement of Palestinian villages, Christian and Muslim, is celebrated as a necessary part of God's plan. So let me put a little kibosh in this.
1: We've already had two generations since then.
0: That's true. Second... Premillennial dispensationalism maintains that wars and disasters will increase before the end. Since premillennial dispensationalists believe that we are in the last we We're going under a
2: tunnel. We're going under a tunnel. They
0: argue argue that all current efforts for peace, especially in the Middle East— are pointless when asked about jesus blessing the peacemakers matthew 5:9), they respond that these words do not pertain to the dispensations of the church christians it seems are not expected to live by the beatitudes
1: oh so what was the beatitude suggestions
0: uh, obviously, well, no, it's for the obviously that's for the previous well, uh, dispensation. me,
1: but uh, I believe those were words out of Jesus' mouth. Uh, not for our people. Hello. Oh, I didn't know I had a special little label. <laughs> we are all labeled. It's Come such
2: on. a it, it's such a taboo <laughs> subject. I mean, you. It's a really, really touchy. It is touchy subject. And really T. Wright is. almost didn't want to talk about it when he was asked about <laughs> it publicly. That's <laughs> true. It is People get very hot under the collar about it. It's very touchy. Right. um, Because this is something that we are witnessing right now, historically. Right. We can see it going on right now. And for me as a Christian who believes in the teachings of Christ and and believing in Christ, when I see the treatment of them um, and the fact that we can't have a safe place to talk about it or even talk about it, is a huge red flag I agree and so yeah I
0: mean. Well, I mean here's the thing is that we we shouldn't be treating Israel like it's untouchable we should be ministering to them like they need a savior because they do I mean it's one of those countries that we need to keep ministering to not turn a blind eye to and just support we need to actually step forward and be like hey guys you need Jesus yeah, you know, I mean, it's we do it to
2: everybody else. Israel should be no different. Yeah. Let me say this: some of my favorite heroes that are fighting for uh, this cause, this particular cause, the Palestinian issue, uh, are Jewish. Yeah, there are some great uh, people who are who are fighting for them and their own government, and, and a lot of the Jewish people will throw them under a bus. Right. Um. Uh, you know, we need those people to help fight that cause and, and make this issue uh, at least a safe place to talk about. I mean, I mean, right. the fact that it's career right. suicide, yeah. you know, and again, this is a whole issue that you can't even talk about it without being political, yet somehow religious. Right. The ambassador to Israel uh, in the UN, Danny Danon, Danny Danion, something like that. In in one of his uh sessions there where Trump had asked Israel to stop, you know, doing all these new settlements until we have a peace plan, he held up a Bible and he said, God gave him this land. And there's nothing essentially that the world can do about it. They do what they want. Right. They politicized it. The right. government, the the extreme thinking in that whole... That mindset, and there's a whole Christian Zionist movement here that supports it, and it's it's a touchy subject. Well, I mean, and the the sad thing is, is that the gospel gets trumped, and
0: that's not it's not a, even an issue. Not to coin a phrase, but yeah, <laughs> not to turn a phrase. Um, no uh, the the whole that whole thing gets skirted underfoot because we're supposed to preach the gospel. That's what we're here to do. We're supposed to teach the gospel, and the trouble is, is that with this movement, it's like, no, no, we need to support Israel. Well, no, no. We're supposed to minister to Israel. We're supposed to, you know, bring them back under, you know, God's wing. This is what we're here to do. We're here to teach the gospel. We're not here to support countries. That's why, if you look at historically, yeah. Christians didn't support any countries. Yeah. Why? Because the kingdom of God lives within
2: us. And that's an important point because if we can separate the extreme people and the government of Israel, the government you know who are willing to throw their own jewish people under the bus too as well as christians as well as palestinians anybody that speaks
3: out anybody that goes against the, their agenda
2: yeah status no. quo cool. we have to be able to distinguish between the two because uh, you know it's it's a winning it's a losing situation for everyone there at yeah. that point but I, there I, are uh, christians there yeah we need to understand that here that there are christians in palestine trying to do their job Yes. <laughs> oh, I said the other p word
3: <laughs> um, continuing. but, but even in,
1: even as, a, as, as as a Christian, personally ourselves, you know, as you said, we're to share the gospel. And uh, that could be done through numerous ways, not just, uh, I mean, it, definitely not browbeating somebody over the head with their Bible. But, you know, which, which we know that results in no, you know, that's just repels people more than anything. But it's through our actions and how we treat others. Exactly. And how we show respect and we, even though we may not agree with certain lifestyles, certain, you know, way people believe in things like that, but th- we don't participate in those things personally ourselves, but however we take the higher road, and we talk about the love of Christ, and we show that and demonstrate it by what? Doing good to others. Blessing those who persecute us. You know, it, it heaps coals on their heads because they don't understand, like, why are you being nice to me? Why are you, why are you giving me these things? Yeah. And well, the- I mean,
0: we shouldn't, we shouldn't be praising one condemning the other. We shouldn't be like, you know, support Israel, but, you know, condemn Palestine. No. No. We should be reaching out to both of them equally because they both need their Savior. They
2: do. You know? I mean, continuing. um, To your point, though, about 1948, as far as that being a fulfillment of biblical prophecy, I totally reject that.
0: I do, too. Yeah. But when we do our episode about prophecy— We'll talk about why I reject it. Yeah, I don't reject yeah. it because of what it is. I reject it because it was fulfilled somewhere else. So, but we'll
2: yeah 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 you know, I hear what you're going.
0: We'll go into that. <laughs> uh, continuing, not only is the doctrine dangerous on the side of racial tension then, but also in God ordained violence. How often in churches do we hear this today? I stand with Israel. Protect the Holy Land. The chosen people, etc. The belief in the premillennial dispensational can lead to extreme views. Todd Strandberg, webmaster webmaster of the Rapture Ready website, raptureready.com, stated that September 11 made him joyful that the end was near. A lot of, this is quote, a lot of prophetic commentators have what I consider a phony sadness over certain events. In their hearts, they know it means them getting closer to their ultimate desire, unquote. An upside-down Christianity emerges with premillennial dispensationalism. It creates a skewed view of the Christian faith that welcomes war and disaster while dismissing peace efforts in the Middle East and elsewhere, all in the name of Christ.
1: And how does he could get 9 that any better? Of, uh, out a biblical prophecy when uh America's not even mentioned in the scriptures or referred to or even noted or even hinted about yeah yeah and no, i I
2: agree with that statement one hundred percent i mean the the teachings of Christ you go out the window very quickly yeah when when it comes to this theology and this where that uh where that rapid trail leads
0: yeah i i I agree. All nations are, are, we're supposed to be leading all nations to Christ. That's really what it comes down to. Not supporting one because of a quote unquote promise, but instead ministering to them so that they can once again know that there is a promise. And yeah. what is
1: the Great Commission?
0: Teach the gospel.
1: To all nations, to all peoples. Right. To everyone.
0: Yeah. Equally
2: and peacefully. Yeah. Even quote unquote the nations that we are targeting today that are our supposed enemies. Yeah, where terrorists live, what we're told. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that's that's right. That, they tell us for that we go get them. We don't question it. You know, again, the teachings of, of Christ they don't equate into that. Again, back to right. what you were saying earlier, we're not a Christian nation because if we did, our actions would follow that thinking. Right. The it's Franciscan exactly. mindset. I can't remember the pa- Chuck Carlson, a pastor, like he, uh, he always asks, you know, what 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 nation would Jesus bomb? Can, can <laughs> any of you guys? I'm asking right now. Picture Jesus in a plane, getting ready to drop a bomb on his enemy, because it's the right thing to do, because there's no other choice.
1: It would be America.
2: <laughs> I'm am just asking. I'm putting that out there. I mean, do you guys really see that happening? Ooh, I mean, when ouch. I think, when I think about the garden and him, you know, chastising Peter there, you know, telling him, right. when Peter wanted to draw the sword to save his Savior,
1: we even cut the ear off the,
2: the dude. He healed him. And what did he Jesus do? He healed him, he healed
1: him. He yeah, took his right. ear and put it right back on he
2: sure right. Did. And he told him, "Those who live by the sword,
1: just that act alone, surely die by have, the
2: sword." Yeah.
1: Just that act of alone, just him putting that ear back on there. Exactly. All those people should have just went prostrate. If yeah. that
0: wasn't a condemnation of violence, what was?
2: Right. Well, yeah. You know, he didn't go back and tell Peter, "No, no, no. Now's not the time. Go back, build an army, get plants <laughs> together, make sure you got all this money, and, right. and and we're ready to take over." You know, Rome. Right. That's that's not what he said. <laughs> you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty. sure. <laughs> Is there any subcontext in there anyway? Right. Well, maybe in the Schofield footnotes well, oh. in the footnotes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, why,
1: that's why they pers- that's why they 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 crucified him. Because exactly, they were expecting yeah. him to usher in this kingdom of, that was going to destroy Rome and, and make everything life all honky-dory for them. Yeah. And it's very similar to what we're dealing with in dispensationalism Yeah, here in talking about a rapture. We're like, okay, God's just going to come in, take us out of here, and all of our problems will go away. Right. Exactly.
2: Nah.
0: Let's,
1: let's take a, a second
0: and let's try and figure out where they build this from. Because obviously there's scriptures where they're trying to build dispensationalism and all that from right, so let's take a second and actually go over those. so we have first thessalonians four sixteen and seventeen for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command with the voice of an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words.
3: Now. You're a great narrator. I was just I was
2: thinking Outstanding. Outstanding. Oh, my. oh, thank you. <laughs> Eat, your hat Eat your heart out, Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs>
0: thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um... Now, let's unpack this a little bit, this verse here, because this is where they... Yeah, that's that's their go-to verse. Yeah, it is. It is. It yeah. is in every single rapture, anything. Yeah, right. It doesn't
1: say anything about a millennial in there.
0: Well, we'll
3: get to that. Anyway, <laughs> we kind of unpacked that a little bit already. Um, I can even remember a, a debate, I believe it was in Sunday school years ago, uh, between a couple of teachers, they were saying he's going to meet us in the air, so he doesn't come back down to the earth. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. I've yeah, heard that. I, I, yeah, I remember that debate. You
0: know. yeah. Absolutely, but here's here's the thing. Uh, anybody remember a, a a certain passage where it says that Satan is the prince of the powers of the air? Mm-hmm. Okay, so when was the last time a jumbo jet had to veer in order to miss Satan? no
2: nobody sure felt like that when I was flying back from San Francisco man
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> if you were sitting next to me you'd think there was <laughs> <laughs> so a
1: little, got a, little
2: uh, a lot of turbulence
0: a lot yeah. of turbulence
1: especially when you go over the mountains yeah. yeah so let's be
0: a little bit realistic and put some context to this is Satan does he just have the powers of the sky the powers of the air is that all he has is that all, is that all he's been granted or given no. or is the air a reference to being able to cross over into the spiritual realm because if you actually do what we do with the gospels and we do this thing called harmonizing okay and you take passages that refer to the air it sure looks like it's talking about a meeting into the spiritual realm I mean maybe it's just me but if this were the Gospels, once again, as doctor Heiser would say, wouldn't we harmonize the Gospels? Yeah. Well then why do we separate these verses? Yeah, that's a good point.
2: There you go again being coherent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well here's here's another one that's often used. This is uh first Corinthians fifteen fifty one through fifty three. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet.
1: That was made for the nurseries of the churches. We will not all be changed in a moment. For
0: the last trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must be put on in the imperishable, and this mortal body must be put on immortality. So, once again, this sounds like the second coming to me. Yeah. So it also
1: sounds like you are transforming from this realm to the other realm right because you're you're actually your your form is changing because you're no longer in this this shell of what we call earthly body but transformed into a permanent body yep I,
0: i'm i'm I, I am leading this somewhere it may sound you know like it's going back and forth but i'm leading this somewhere um, Lead us, sir <laughs> <You're> Spartacus <laughs> Matthew twenty four thirty 30-31 then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man and that all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great authority and he shall send out his angels with a loud trumpet and they will gather his elect from the four winds and from one end of heaven to the other once again sounds like a second coming right now it does say he will gather his elect right
1: now watch this watch this. but it also doesn't say from the ends of the earth
0: right, right now watch this now this is where it gets interesting once again we we pull all these things apart and we try to take them apart and try to make something else out of it does anybody remember a certain parable called the wheat And the tares. Yeah, the parable of the sower. Or I call them the wheat and the weeds, right? Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Does anybody recall that parable? Yes. I'll, I'll read it out for the audience. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like someone who planted good seed in his field. While people were sleeping, an enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat and went away. When the stalk sprouted and bore grain, then the weeds also appeared. The servants of the landowner came and said to him, Master, didn't you plant good seed in the field? Then how is it it has weeds? An enemy has done this, he answered. The servants said to him, Do you want us to go out and gather them? But the landowner said, No, because if you gather the weeds, you'll put up the wheat along with them. Let both grow side by side until the harvest, and at harvest time I'll say to the harvesters, first gather the weeds and tie them together in bundles to be burned, but bring the wheat into my barn. Now, my question to you, which part was the rapture? Because this seemed to have all happened at the same time. He gathered the weeds and pulled the wheat at the same time. Sounds an awful lot like a second coming to me. And if you pay close attention, first gather the weeds and tie them together in bundles to be burned. If anything, the rapture is for the sinful. So yeah.
1: Basically, <laughs> oh. the, the, the gathering of the weeds is the, if you look into the book of Revelation, it's the great white throne judgment. Uh-huh. As the weeds. Now, let me harmonize this a little more. Okay, this is going to go back to
0: Beatitudes. Let me harmonize this a little more. It says, first gather the weeds and tie them together in bundles to be burned. All right? Weeds are pulled out first. Not the elect. Not the good people. But bring the wheat into my barn. Why would you bring the wheat into my barn?
1: Because that's the harvest. Right, you want to keep that. Right. You want to that's the good it.
0: stuff. Ready? What do the meek inherit? The earth. Oh, so that's our that's when we inherit the earth. We're not pulled out of
1: it. they're pulled out oh, of it okay mm. and burned and separated and burned. but to me that the 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 weeds that are harvested is the great white throne judgment mm-hmm. that's spoken about in revelation, where those and that were not written in the book of life, which is the weeds mm-hmm and they were let off to burn in the lake of fire. Yep. Where the believer, where the believer who who goes through the, what they call the Bema Seat Judgment, where we're judged for our works, Mm -hmm. not because we we didn't accept Christ, but there's where our embarrassment will come in because we'll realize that all the things that we did in this life, they were futile and nonsense. Right. And, Bad teaching and whatever else that we have to going with that, we realize that how much we let the Lord down, uh-huh. that's why we will have tears, but the Lord will dry those tears because we are permanently with him, and we will be in the perfect kingdom.
0: Now, question for you, why don't those happen at the same time? They may, they may actually do happen
1: at the same time.
0: So, wait, there's no scripture saying those are two separate events?
1: Well I I, I I can't answer that question because I don't know. It puts and, Jesus
2: and, in a predicament there. Well I
0: mean to be
1: really honest with you, I mean, you know what? He's got. He could do, you know, anything's possible.
0: I'm just saying it doesn't sound like it's very time efficient.
1: Well, it it may not be. You know, he might do it he might do it together. I don't know. Does it really matter? Right. What matters is the fact is are you going to either accept them or or reject them? Right, right. And that's the bottom line. I just
0: think we take that and we pull that apart in the West more than it has to be pulled apart. Why are we saying that the Bema Seed is going to be something that's happening separately from the other judgment?
1: It it Mm. might be simultaneous.
0: Yeah, I believe it's us that parse that and pull that apart. I don't think it's actually scriptural.
2: We're we're having to figure this out here, you know. I like I hear Heiser say all the time, but to the ancient Semitic mind, you know, uh, I don't think they had as many filters as we do. I believe you're correct. And, and, and they, and, and it and it was thing, understood.
1: The other thing too about it is is this: the bema seat really it was really not specific in the scriptures. It doesn't clearly say what it's all about. It doesn't say that we're going to be judged for our works or whatever. I mean it. it it's very loose, and, 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 and really, what it, the bottom line is that it was two things. Either your name's written in the book of life, or it's not. Right. And that's the most important piece. And, and as you say, as we work out our salvation, and to realize that as we commit our life to, to, to Christ, to live for him, and then, and then to, you know, certain things need to change. Not immediately, not like overnight. Although some occasions, some of those things do go away very quickly that we that we've done. But to realize is we work that out as we wrestle through that. Right. And I think that's what God wants, expects us to do. And not that you know He, you know, and we're gonna we're gonna fall short no matter what we do because we're just finite human beings that you know and 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 just who we are. Right. But to realize though, as we do that, and and how this other thing goes, and, and 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 we put so much into it, we put so much emphasis on it, and I think that's basically how our society is. If you are a certain this, then you are that. Yeah, makes and a good point. and I think in the kingdom of heaven, it's not that way. It's either you are or you are not. And it's just cut and dry and. That's it.
0: Well, and and I'll uh, point out that in the traditional churches, um, Orthodoxy, Catholicism, Lutheranism, they don't have a standard eschatological view. They don't have one because they know that it's in vain that you would create one. I mean, I mean, they they'll tell you straight up. I was reading uh, one of the fathers the other day, and they, you know, modern fathers. They said. We don't take a presuppositional view because if we did that, we're just assuming that God is going to follow exactly what we read literally across, and then we're you know going across all the different devices and stuff that are put down inside the text. And it's not like that. The Bible's not written like that. No. The and Bible's who written. We?
1: Who are we to
2: tell God? Right. Yeah. Well, with the whole idea of dispensationalism, though, it doesn't even seem to be taking something out. As much to me, it seems like injecting something in. Yes, and that's why I think it's it's important to kind of to be able to decipher it to some extent. Because you know, it it's a sad day to wake up one day and realize that you're the oppressor, it, thinking you're saving people. Ow, you know what I mean. And imagine Paul, you know, on his conversion, when hearing Christ's words, "Why do you persecute me?" But in his mind, he wasn't thinking that.
0: He was jealous, right. right?
2: You know what? What if there's a part of that here in the West that we have to accept that we don't want to accept because we can't see it yet?
3: Yeah.
2: You know, and I think that's why we try to figure it out.
3: So I always think of that point. If I'm average Joe Blow and I see it, yeah. I can't see how the upper echelon can't.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's to a point, it's just arrogance. I mean... I
3: agree. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, I'm going to say that I understand all the plans of God. I I, I understand what everything is going to take place in the future. I, I mean, this is it's just, to a large extent, it's just arrogance. And that's why I really admire the humility of the ancient churches when they're like, yeah, I mean, Jesus will come again and his kingdom will have no end. That that's it. You know, and they're happy with that and they're comfortable with that. Why? Because they don't say they don't try to figure God out. They just let God be God. That's true. <laughs> and they know that Jesus will come again because he promised to come again, but they don't, you know, put the road map down and say, "Well, this is what he's going to do."
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's a very foolish endeavor. Very foolish and I think a very mm. dangerous place to be. Yeah. Because you're actually poking your finger in God's eye.
0: I, I heard some I, I heard somebody myself <laughs> I won't say any names. I heard somebody myself when talking about wars and stuff like that. They were like, Well, Amen. Thank God it shows that guy that he's gonna be here that much sooner. It's like Whoa <laughs> no, are, are you thanking God for disaster?
2: We're supposed to be the peacekeepers. Blessed are the peacemakers. Well, our country needs it. That's what I've heard. In the church. We need it for our economy. (laughs) And I was told that. Yeah. Well, if you
0: look at it, and I I pointed this out to somebody, every time there's been a depression across the Western economy, there's been a war. There's a war, yeah. You're absolutely right. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know if anybody else has noticed that, but every time there's a depression, there's a war.
1: There's a war coming. Because we just went through a doozy. <laughs> well, I mean, or we're still at a war. i will just gonna say it hasn't ended scale. yet. Well, yeah. Between, yeah, between, <laughs> we have a political war right now yeah. that we're fighting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right.
0: Yeah, but it's uh, well, has has this made uh, has this made anything clear for anybody?
3: Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> No? Well,
1: we know what we don't believe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I just wanted to shed a little historical light on, on you know, the Left Behind series. One thing, we,
3: <laughs> one thing we didn't talk about. What's that? When we brought up Pentecostals, we didn't speak on
1: snakes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Oh, no, well, no. That's no. an upcoming episode. Oh, no. Okay, we, all right, all right. We actually
0: are. I are we already have planned a, uh, a whole episode on denominations. Oh. Yeah. I'm already gathering a lot of and good resource for that, too.
2: special gifts. And the snake oh. handlers will come oh. up. Oh. <laughs> well,
3: yeah,
1: I'm actually going to bring an anaconda and see if uh, you know, we, we can aim it. You know. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. So I think what I'm,
2: it has yeah. done for me, though, Aaron, uh, reinforced the idea that a lot of these newer concepts do not belong with a historic church, and that's a huge point. Agreed. And a lot of these newer things that are taught here in the West are not with the historic church. And we need to own a piece of that. I agree. Once again. <laughs>
1: and, and that's a very interesting observation, too, because the last thing that was said in the book of Revelation he that adds to this book or takes away from. It. And by doing this, we're adding to it. We're yeah. creating a new, and I, I, we're continuing the story. The story's over. Mm-hmm. Christ died. He rose from the dead, and that's it. As he said to Telosai, "It's finished." Right. Mm. So there's no more addition to it. No more somebody else to to write a, a different chapter in a different way. And, and 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 because because we like things easy. Right.
0: I, I've I've mm. this really weird, odd, horribly ridiculous concept in my head. What if? It's wait, instead of waiting for war and calamity and hunger and all Apocalypse. That, right? Yeah. What if instead of all of that, we walked forward and actually tried to create peace on Earth? What if we actually used our resources to reach out to the needy, world leaders, poor, widows, and actually try to create peace among everybody? Yeah. You know, get to the Middle East what, what if we were in our lifetime what if we were the ones to create the peace in the Middle East what if we were the, to have you know the Palestinian and the Israeli shake hands and embrace what if we were the ones to usher that forward and I know every charismatic if they're still listening which I really doubt is out there saying yeah right but that's the kind of mentality that takes that away what if we were the ones to create the new Eden here on earth by being God's imagers and creating
1: his peace here on earth? Absolutely. Just to give you, a, 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 from an economic standpoint alone. So I'm going to use our fabulous city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Our, our fun little place where we all go, even Christians go there. And you know, participate in the the folly that goes on there. So I have a very um, my Kumbadi lives in Las Vegas. He's a, he's a retired school teacher there. And the neat thing is, what you realize is that the strip alone, just take the strip, all of the casinos that are down that strip take in. They need to take in. $14 million per day to just break even. Shh. That is, uh, yeah. So just that little two-mile stretch, which is basically a postage stamp, not even a postage stamp, it's like a piece of sand on, this, on the coverage of the earth. Can you imagine if that money was funneled into feeding the world, caring for the world, there wouldn't be a hungry person in this Ended earth. Anywhere. That's what I
0: mean. Instead of, you know, getting wrapped up and looking for the latest wars and calamities, let's step back from, you know, the Left Behind series and be God's imagers, be the peacemakers, walk forward and unite people. I mean, why is that a dirty
2: word uh, among yeah. this modern age? Well, because it's it's not really profitable for one thing.
3: Yeah, I was, I was just about to say it exposes the hypocrisy in the system.
2: It's not profitable.
3: Sell sandals. Yeah, so I, yeah it, <laughs>
2: and and you know history has shown here, uh, like Christ, when you do that, when you you've made your life to be a peacemaker and you you've set out on that journey, uh, whether it's Christ or Gandhi or Martin Luther King, history has shown. What will happen to you? There have been fine examples of that all throughout history. And so y-
1: you really know one's true colors hey, if you decide to right. make that decision. But even Gandhi made a really huge statement I love your faith. I love your leader, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the people I can't stand. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have a
2: problem with Jesus, it's the people who don't follow him. Right. Yeah, yeah.
3: That's true. Very good point.
0: Well, until next time, <laughs> we are going to depart for now. So, think deeply over time and text. And as you can tell, hey, there's nothing taboo over brew. <laughs> Don't forget, subscribe to us, like us, you know, as in, you know, in where you're getting the, this podcast from. Uh, visit us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Google+, Plus, Uh, Tumblr. What else we got there out there? Uh, (laughs) Facebook. Yep, Facebook. And visit us on uh, BibleOfABruise.com.
2: Peace out. Take care.
1: Good night. Good night.